Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Numbers. Hello and good morning, friends and faithful listeners. I'm so excited that you're here to talk about Numbers chapter 7 with me on this lovely Monday morning. And I hope you guys are having a great start to your morning and that you are ready to jump right into scripture. I've got my cup of coffee here and I'm ready to begin my day talking about Numbers chapter 7 verses 1 through 89. Yes, you heard that correctly. Number seven, one through 89 is what we're going to be talking about today. (laughs) But don't be too afraid. I'm not going to read all 89 verses because actually I'm only going to read like a quarter of the verses because they're all repeated. It's like the same thing all throughout. And we're going to talk about why it's it's just repeated so often. In fact, it's repeated 12 different times, these verses. So we're going to explain that today. So go ahead and grab your Bible. And as always, if I don't read something all the way through, I would love for you guys to go back through and read it for yourselves so that you can really gain the context so you can understand what we're talking about. Because even though I don't read it, it doesn't mean it's not important. It just means that I have a 20 minute limit on the podcast and I don't want to go over that (laughs) for you guys and for myself either. Okay, so let's go ahead and talk about Numbers chapter 7 and I'll be reading to start verses 1 through, let's see here. We'll read through 1 through 17 to start and then we'll talk about that and then I'll move on to the last portion. On the day that Moses had finished setting up the tabernacle, and he had appointed it and sanctified it with all of its furniture, and with the altar with all of its vessels, and had anointed and sanctified them, the princes of Israel, the heads of their father's houses, offered. These were the princes of the tribes. These are they who were over those who were counted. And they brought their offering before Yahweh, six covered wagons and twelve oxen a wagon for every two of the princes and for each one an ox. They presented them before the tabernacle. Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, accept these from them that they may be used in doing the service of the tent of meeting and you shall give them to the Levites to every man according to his service. Moses took the wagons and the oxen and gave them to the Levites. He gave two wagons and four oxen to the sons of Gershon according to their service And he gave four wagons and eight oxen to the sons of Merari, according to their service, under the direction of Ithamar, the son of Aaron, the priest. But to the sons of Kohath, he gave none, because the service of the sanctuary belonged to them, and they carried it on their shoulders. The princes gave offerings for the dedication of the altar in the day that it was anointed. The princes gave their offerings before the altar. Yahweh said to Moses, they shall offer their offering, each prince on his day, for the dedication of the altar. He who offered his offering on the first day was Nation, the son of Amminadab, of the tribe of Judah, and his offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, one silver bowl of 70 shekels according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a meal offering. One golden ladle of ten shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram, and one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering. One male goat for a sin offering. And for the sacrifice of the peace offerings, two head of cattle, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Nation, the son of Amminadab. 
So right after this, the gift that Nation brought is literally the exact same gift that all the other tribes brought, and it's repeated 11 more times, that exact phrase from verses uh, 13 through 17 is just totally repeated until pretty much the very end because every single tribe brought the same gift. But it starts out with the tribe of Judah, rather this prince, nation, the son of Aminadab. So anyway, to start out in verse one, we're kind of going back in time a little bit and talking about the completion of the temple. This happened in Exodus, Leviticus, and now Numbers. So it's repeated three different times, which kind of proves that all three of these books so far are kind of written right around the same time period. In fact, they think that Numbers was sort of written at the same time as Leviticus or pretty close together. But either way, Numbers, this story here in Numbers is lining up with the end of the building of the tabernacle that we talked about in the previous two books. So when the tabernacle was completed, a huge ceremony was supposed to happen. And this is kind of what this is talking about. So the ceremony consisted of a whole bunch of different things, like Moses going in and anointing all the temple furniture and, uh, you know, Aaron, the high priest, getting consecrated, set apart for his role and just different things were supposed to happen. We're also going to find out in the next chapter that during all of this as well, during this huge ceremony, and this kind of shows how big the ceremony was as well. We also see that the Levites, the entire tribe of the Levites were set aside as well during this like temple building or rather temple completing ceremony. But to start, what ends up happening is there are 12 princes, one for each of the tribes. So the princes all like band together, I suppose, to bring gifts to the temple. And it doesn't say anywhere that these gifts were required of them. They just wanted to do it. So all the tribes pitched in to give something amazing to the building of the tabernacle. And what they ended up giving, it says here from verses one through five, the tribes ended up giving six covered wagons. Back in these days, this would have been like gold. <laughs> I mean, a covered wagon would have been something really, really nice to give. We often see uh, in scripture how they talk about the wagons and the chariots being like wonderful things for nations to have. The fact that uh, the, the princes of the tribes of Israel chipped in to build these wagons and to make them very, very nice and have a covering over them and everything. It was just a, a huge gift. So they give this gift, the six covered wagons and then 12 oxen. And God was pleased with it. He says, accept these gifts from them that they may be used in doing the service of the tent of meeting. And you shall give them to the Levites, every man according to his service. So God's like, accept these beautiful gifts from these people. And in fact, this is kind of this entire chapter here. Numbers chapter seven is God just really giving credit where credit is due, kind of. He's really recognizing each individual tribe for giving these gifts to him. That's kind of what all of Numbers chapter seven is about. So God recognizes these gifts that the tribes bring to the service of the tabernacle. And this kind of proves that even if uh, oxen were given to the tabernacle as a gift, that didn't necessarily mean 
that they were sacrificed on the altar because these oxen were not. These were used as work oxen. These were not used as sacrifices. So that kind of just proves that there were many facets to the temple. And so no matter what gift you gave the temple, it could be used because there was a lot of work, a lot of work that went into the upkeep of the tabernacle. So the oxen and the carts were given. So Moses accepts them under God's direction. And I mean, a gift this big, maybe it was kind of hard for Moses to accept it. Like, I don't know, sometimes when people give you a really, really nice gift, it's just hard to accept it. But God was saying like, look, no, accept this gift. And I don't know if that's, that's kind of my own speculation. I don't actually know if that's the case or not. But anyway, Moses took the wagons and the oxen and he gave them to the Levites because the Levites were the helpers. They were the people that were allowed to come near to the temple, allowed to work in service to the temple and allowed to carry the temple from place to place to place and just do the little miscellaneous jobs that the priests needed to be done. That was the work of the Levites. God set the Levites aside for that particular purpose. And this was an honor. And the Levites would have known of this being an honor. And actually, if you listen to it, the episode I did months ago with Andrew Rappaport, he suspects that he is from the Levite tribe. And even nowadays, priests want the Levites back. They want the Levites to come back to Israel. Anybody that suspects that they are a Levite, he wants them, they want them back to Israel. When the temple eventually gets rebuilt, they're going to need Levites to take over the temple stuff. So they still kind of follow this to this day, the whole thing with the Levites. And this is an honor. And people even nowadays that are Levites consider this as an honor to be a Levite and to be able to perform the, the temple duties, basically, or rather that their ancestors performed the temple duties. It's an honor to them. But anyway, it says here that Moses gave the Levites the wagons. And so don't forget, there were three mini tribes within the tribe of Levi. The Merarites, the Gershonites, and the Kohathites were the three mini tribes. So it says that he gave two wagons and four oxen to the sons of Gershon because their job, if you remember my previous podcast, the Gershonites job was to carry the temple coverings, So all the materials so they only needed two wagons for that. Then the Merarites were supposed to carry all the structural stuff. And that structural stuff was pretty heavy. So the Merarites got four of the uh, covered wagons so that they could carry the structure of the temple. But it says here that the Kohathites got no wagons. <laughs> and this is kind of funny to me because the reason the Kohathites did not get any of the wagons was because they were supposed to carry the temple furniture, the Ark of the Covenant, the table, the lampstands, all that stuff. They were supposed to carry it on their shoulders. It was a literal burden that they would have to carry. I think Moses, the reason he didn't give them any uh, any covered wagons was A, because they didn't really need them, and B, it would have been like a temptation for those men to have a covered wagon. They could have been like, oh, we can just stick the Ark of the Covenant on the, the covered wagon. But that was wrong. That was not how they were supposed to do it. And it's funny because over the years, the Ark of the Covenant eventually did get stuck on a wagon, and we see some issues happening when that actually happens. And we'll go more into depth with that specifically the Ark of the Covenant not being carried on the shoulders of the people. 
But anyway, Moses gives the the covered uh, wagons to the people, to the Levites. And then after this, God starts recognizing each individual tribe, specifically by name and by gift. So that's where verses 11 through uh, 18 through 17 are totally repeated up to like verse 80 or something like that. It's the same gift over and over and over. So each tribe brings one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels. So a shekel was a unit of uh, weight. And it says that a shekel was about 10 grams or about 0.35 ounces. I found another commentary that says it weighed approximately like three and a half pounds, I think was 130 shekels, one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour with oil for a meal offering, one golden ladle of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram, one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering. And I don't know if God told the tribes what they were supposed to bring or not, or if Moses told them what they were supposed to bring. But the fact that each tribe brought exactly the same thing is really important to note. I think the reason that this happened was so that the tribes were not in competition with each other, because that probably would have happened if the tribes <laughs> were allowed to just bring whatever gifts they wanted. I would guess that a lot of competition would start to happen and they'd be like, look, God, my gifts are so much nicer than this tribe's person's over here. I mean, that's just human nature. We are tend to be very competitive people. And so... Um, <laughs> And I'm going to I'm going to be honest with you guys. I would have done it. I totally would have been like, yeah, look how great my gift is over here. And then I would have gotten mad if somebody else would have brought something nicer. So God or Moses or somebody told the tribes to all bring the exact same gift so that none of them were in competition with each other. But the cool thing about this is the fact that God recognizes each tribe by name and they were dedicated to bring their gifts on one day, each day for 12 days. And this would be like a ceremony where the tribes would, the, the tribe leader would stand up, give all the gifts and the people would recognize that tribe for the wonderful gifts that they brought. And I just think it's really cool that even though the tribes all brought the same exact thing, God was still happy with their gifts. God was satisfied with these gifts enough to recognize them, even though we look at all this and we're like, wow, 84 whole verses of the same exact gift over and over and over. God was happy with it. And so he specifically put each tribe in scripture talking about their gifts. He was happy with the gift. He was happy with the gift that came from the heart, not from a place of uh, competition or trying to do better than somebody else or, or arrogance or whatever. He was happy with the same exact gift because it was a sincere gift. And that's really what God wants in the end is just a sincere gift. So I'm going to finish up by reading verses 84 through 89. This was the dedication offered of the altar. On the day when it was anointed by the princes of Israel, 12 silver platters, 12 silver bowls, 12 golden ladles, each silver platter weighing 130 shekels, and each bowl 70, all the silver of the vessels, 2,400 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, the 12 golden ladles full of incense weighing 10 shekels apiece, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, all the gold of the ladles weighing 120 shekels, 
all the cattle for the burnt offering, 12 bulls, the rams 12, the male lambs a year old, 12, and their meal offering, the 12 male goats for a sin offering, and all the cattle for the sacrifice of the peace offerings, 24 bulls, 60 rams, 60 male goats, and 60 lambs a year old. This was the dedication offering of the altar after it was anointed. When Moses went into the tent of meeting to speak with Yahweh, he heard his voice speaking to him from above the mercy seat that was on the ark of the testimony from between the two cherubim, and he spoke to him. So that just kind of lists out the total of all the gifts that each tribe gave, or rather each head of the tribe gave. And really, I remember reading this uh, years ago. And thinking, wow, that's a ton of animals. Like, like, wow, that is so many sacrifices. You know, uh, 24 bulls, 60 rams, 60 male goats, and 60 male lambs. Like, wow, that's a lot of sacrifices. That, that altar would have been like <laughs> broken in pretty quickly. But the thing was, remember that each head of the tribe was speaking for the tribe itself with thousands of people in each tribe like tens of thousands of people in each tribe. So really in context, if you're thinking about all of Israel being close to 2 million people, this is really not that many animals that the people would give. That would be like 15 families of each tribe donating an animal. And so, I mean, that in, in context, it's really not a ton of animals like I initially thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not that many because a lot of those animals, since these were peace offering animals, they would be taken home and be enjoyed by the tribe uh, leaders, members, whoever, maybe the people that donated the animals. They could take part of that animal home and eat it with their family members. And that would be like their fellowship offering, their peace offering, having peace with God eating with God, fellowshipping with God. That was the entire point of the peace offering. And that's what many of these animals were. Now, after this, the interesting thing about this is that it says that when Moses went into the tent of meeting to speak to Yahweh, he heard his voice speaking to him from above the mercy seat. So this is proof that God was on top of that mercy seat. And also, this is one of the first times we see how God spoke to Moses. A lot of times people are like, how does God speak? Does he just like put a thought into your head? Do you hear his voice audibly? Well, Moses was actually hearing God's voice. And actually many times in the Old Testament, even when the people heard God's voice speaking the Ten Commandments out of the sky, they they actually heard his voice. So God does speak audibly. And this time in, in particular, God was speaking audibly to Moses because Moses was able to enter the tent of meeting because even though he wasn't a priest, he was the head leader of all of Israel. And he had been a priest at one point. But he was able to go into the tent of meeting. Whether or not he was able to go into the most holy place, I don't think so. But I do know that he was able to go into the tent of meeting because he has on many occasions. So he was able to go into the tent of meeting and hear God's voice audibly. And that was the way that God was speaking to Moses, speaking to him to write down everything that Moses needed to write down for these first five books of the Bible. And so I don't know. I mean, it does say in the Bible that God and Moses were actually like friends. They would speak to each other as a friend speaks to their friend. 
And I find that just so, so stinking cool. Like, that's just cool to me that like Moses and God had that kind of like personal relationship that like a, a friend would have with with another friend. I just think that's cool. But the coolest thing about that is the fact that since Jesus came to earth and we know that the most holy place was actually ripped in half when Jesus died and the most holy place was what separated God from man safely, (laughs) we now can have that same relationship. In fact, it says that God is our friend. So we can have that same relationship. We can talk to God as if he is our friend. And uh, I'm part of this group. It's um, a group that Sadie Rob Huff, I don't know if you know who that is, Sadie Robertson. She started it. It's called Low Sister. And I'm a part of that group. One of the things that they were discussing on this group was God being our friend. And one of the girls had a suggestion. She was like, maybe next time, actually like talk to God about your day. Don't just like pray. Don't just like ask God for things or like worry to God, but rather just be like, God, I did this today. This was a lot of fun. You know, this was something else I did and talk to God in that way because he really is a friend to us and he cares about those little details. And I thought that was a really cool way of looking at our relationship with God, because he does care about us like that. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, make sure to share it on your social media platforms. But you know what, guys, go to the YouTube channel because I'm working on building that up. I'll drop a link to the YouTube channel in the podcast show notes. And also go over to the website, p40ministries.com, and you can do many things over there. You can uh, sign up for the emails. You can say hello to me. There's a contact page. You can give me a prayer request if you have one. And uh, a couple other things. You can read the blog posts. You can listen to all the episodes of uh, the Bible Explained podcast. So definitely check out the website as well. Friends and faith listeners, have a wonderful rest of your Monday. Happy listening and God bless. Oh,